Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we are 24 hours removed from the NFL draft. I'm Gino Conti along here with Will Nicholson, and you can bet your ass we are going to talk about the NFL draft today because <laughs> stuff went down, and here we are to react to it. Yeah, obviously we had the draft, so that's going to be majority of what this episode is, so hope you guys uh, stick around for that. Uh, also, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, links in the description to all the social media. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify or any other of the platforms, uh, thank you. All of our social media is linked to our anchor, if that's how you found us. And uh, make sure you follow us on all that social media. And yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, so we are, what, 24 hours removed from the draft? Last, pretty much uh, we, were, we were still here at this house, at your house, Will, at midnight. Yeah, like, that's past true. Midnight. So, wow. quick turnaround. Very quick turnaround. Re- really... You know, exciting draft, I must say. It's obviously uh, yeah, the best absolutely. draft I've I've had by far. Uh, Gino was over here where we record the podcast, my house. A bunch of the boys were. Shout and it was a really John fun Burrow experience. Every single pick. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was just a really fun experience. Um, I will say the pick that I was, like, most surprised with, I guess, to start it off, was the Trey Lance pick by far. Because, oh, my God. Was it smoke show season? They've been telling us since like what February, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, and you know we we've been saying too like okay they're even in our mock draft we're like all right they're gonna take Mac Jones but they should take Trey Lance and they go out yesterday and select Trey Lance and there was a report I think I told you guys in the moment from I think it was a Rappaport or Schefter that was. Trey Lance didn't know he was getting picked until his like phone rang, and none of the coaches knew the pick until they saw it live. The only people who knew were, I think, Lynch and Shanahan. And that's insane. That's it, absolutely that's crazy. crazy. I've never heard of such like discreetness when you're making a pick. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's like because we we hear people be like secretive or whatever, but that was that might be the biggest smoke show in draft history. I know. And, and did you hear? Um, did you hear the report that was saying like Shanahan really wanted Mac, but yeah. um, Lynch wanted uh, Lance? Yeah, it was like a coach versus GM thing. Yeah. So how much of this? Like, I'm I, I've been thinking about this. Like the second that Trey Lance was picked, how much of this do you think? Like that was actually a smoke show as well. Like that Lance was genuinely wanted by Shanahan, but they kind of just threw him under the bus and said he wanted Jones. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it was a smoke show in the sense of they were going like, oh, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, Mac Jones. And maybe they really wanted Mac Jones, but I think that it was way tighter. Like, remember the, this last, like, week, it, it closed down and it was way tighter. I think that's what it really was the whole time. Yeah. It, and people just, they weren't saying Trey Lance. And the one thing that I I do want to say about this Trey Lance pick, I think that his upside is bigger than um, Mac Jones. But at the same time, they are losing a professional quarterback. Do you know what I'm trying to say? That's true. Like, like right now, because... He's the most pro-ready by far. Trey Lance, yes. Mac Jones was the most pro-ready. But I remember you and I were talking a couple weeks ago when we did our initial uh, mock draft that Trey Lance had a very high boomer bust pick, right? I would argue he has... One of, if not the highest ceiling by far, higher than Zach Wilson, and depending on Trevor Lawrence's situation, might have a higher ceiling. Yeah, it, but so there's that. But the boomer bust, like as mu- as well as he could be, he yeah. could very well also he go could right he could bust the easily. hit the basement <laughs> and bust very easily. So the 49ers took a risky pick here because listen, like I said, Mac Jones has like the highest floor and the lowest ceiling, but Shanahan is good with working with those types of guys. Do you know what I mean? So he went a little bit out of his comfort zone here. I mean, regardless of if he did or if he didn't want to, this is going to be something completely new for Shanahan. Yeah, I think this pick is definitely a risk because you remember what they traded to actually go up and, you know, take quarterback. They have a, what, like two firsts, a third, so something like yeah, It was something ridiculous. They gave a haul. They gave yeah. a lot. And they said Mac Jones, and we were like, oh, really Mac Jones? And I was one of those people, and I, I still, like, am one of those people. Like, I don't think Mac Jones should have gone third you know, obviously because he's in New England, but, you know, I think you, if you're trading up, you want to take a guy that has that amount of ceiling. Because, yeah, like, the worst thing that happens is, okay, Trey Lance doesn't work out. You still have, you know, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. You still have a great team. So I don't think that if even a Trey Lance bust, I don't think that that necessarily is a bad pick. Because, yeah, maybe we'll look back and go, oh, they should have taken this guy and taken this guy. But you're taking someone who has a really high ceiling where the upside outweighs the risk. Yeah. So, but I do just want to caution you. Like, 
I do understand Trey Lance has like a big thing where he didn't throw any interceptions, right? And, and like yeah. he had a stretch where he didn't throw any interceptions. He went the whole 2019 season with no interceptions. That's well, first of all, that's insane. That is incredible. But I want to caution people. I want to caution 49ers fans if you're listening to this. He took under 400 snaps as a college player. That's crazy. Like, I think that was the most... I think it was, like, close to 387. You were saying this last night, right? 300... Yes, I was saying this last night. He took, I believe, 387 or around that number of college snaps in his entire career. I think, like, the the second lowest now, like, the lowest before that, the previous low, was in the mid-400s to, like, high 400s. Mid to high 400s. Like, that is... He's a baby. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, I I mean that in terms of just, like, development. He is a baby in this league. He, he is very young. Uh, obviously, I think that was one of the most surprising picks for me. But one of, you know, maybe the more surprising picks, and this shook up the entire draft. And when we, like, saw the pick, everyone in, in the room went, whoa, Carolina taking J.C. Horn at number Unbelievable. eight. Unbelievable. Because that shakes up the entire – it shook up the entire draft where, okay, Denver's on the clock at nine – and they're like, oh my god, um, Sertan's on the board, yeah. and we can bring Sertan, and they'll go, okay, well, you know, why take a risk on a quarterback when we can make this defense elite? And they do that, and, you know, they still have Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, or whatever. Denver looks in a really good situation after that, too, taking the best corner, the playmaker. And then you go to Dallas, who goes, well, shit. And they, they <laughs> like weren't, the person. there's no shot that they were ready at all. And now we're thinking, like, oh my god. The Jerry Jones curse. They're going to take Devontae Smith. And then they trade back. Philly moves up to take their guy so Jerry Jones doesn't fucking hit the panic button. Trade back to a division (laughs) rival, nonetheless. Yeah, no, that was crazy. So, first, and listen, Micah Parsons, very good pick. He's a very good defensive player, and I like him a lot. He's going to be an impact player. Yeah. You just allowed your division rival. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, to get somebody who you can't cover. <laughs> oh my god, I haven't thought about that. Yeah, who you can't cover. <laughs> that, that is insane. That's actually really funny to think about. I haven't even thought about that. They they gave Devontae Smith to a division rival, and they can't guard him. That Cowboys defense they is awful. They won't be able to cover him. I mean, unless Trayvon Diggs has like a revolutionary second year. He was solid, but he wasn't spectacular. Okay, I think Devontae Smith is going to be awesome. I think he's going to be incredible. I'm a big fan of Devontae. I am too. But and, and you can't cover him. And you just let him take him. For a third round pick, is that third round pick going to be worth it? Probably not. Is no. <laughs> for Devontae Smith? Oh no. God. It's, I could not believe it. The second I saw the, it, the, tra- the pick was being traded, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here's someone going to take like Fields. Or I thought someone. it was Washington yeah, coming I up. It was yeah. going to be Washington going to take like Mac or whoever the hell it was. Like The quarterback was going to be gone for New England. And then I see Philly. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. We're not gonna like we don't trade with the Jets. Like New England doesn't trade with the Jets, the Dolphins, the the, the Bills. Do you know what I mean? That like you don't do that you don't because do you have to face them. Yeah. <laughs> it's you never see division trades like that. And especially for the Heisman winner. I I'm just now realizing how crazy that is. But you gotta think too, that that JC Horn pick, that that's what it did. It shook up the entire draft. And then you have Chicago sitting there like, okay. There's still two of the the top five quarterbacks left at 11. Chicago gives up a haul, you know, trades up, go gets their guy in Justin Fields, even though they say that Andy Dalton's still QB1. No shot. I I don't believe that. I feel like Justin Fields is going to come in there and and change everything there, tear it up. And then you have the the Jets. I actually like the Jets where they traded up to 14. I think that was really smart. Yeah, taking Elijah Veritaka. That was very smart because I remember it. We were, we, were in, we were upstairs, and we were all looking around like, oh, here they go. Here are the Jets being the Jets. Najee, Najee Harris. Harris. <laughs> and then, look, they actually made a smart decision. They I, I will say. They got, like, the best guard in the draft. Yeah, I'm like, wow, can't I, argue with that. I give the Jets a lot of trash, right, especially on the last podcast. The with, Jets can't grow <laughs> With the way the Jets draft, like, I've given them a lot of flack for the way that they draft. But I will say they get an A grade for me drafting last night because you get Zach Wilson and you trade up and get Elijah Vera Tucker, who is, you know, I don't think it's arguable, the best guard in the draft. Yep. I, that's a great draft night for See, me. See, and regardless, too, regardless of, like, whatever, like, you, if you like Zach Wilson or not at this point, it's done. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, we all knew Zach Wilson was going to go there. I, I've expressed my displeasure with them giving <laughs> Zach Wilson. But, I mean, it is what it is. Like, you knew they were going to get him. 
they did what they had to do in order to make sure he's protected, and that was smart. You know what I mean? Uh, as much as I bash like people and teams for their decisions, I'm also gonna give them credit for their good ones. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Elijah Vera Tucker, that was a great pick. I could, to like round of applause. Yeah, round of applause. They, they did great. What you have to do. Because the the thing is, they didn't. They're not just rolling the dice with Zach Wilson, right? Like, who who knows if they if they made the right decision trading Sam Darnold, right? Like, we're we're not gonna know until it's done. But I think the big thing is they're committing to the decision they made. Like, they trade away Sam Darnold. They're like, oh, like let's see Zach Wilson. They said no. Like Zach Wilson's our guy. Go get him help. I think they're gonna go get another wide receiver today, probably. Uh, today's the yeah, day of the know. second round, by they the way. They still have, what, Elijah Moore, Terrence Marshall's up there. Elijah Moore, yeah. Tutu Atwell's up there. Yeah. Still got a lot of good players on the board, so I it's it's going to be crazy. I was surprised Bateman was the first wide receiver off the board, too. I for Bateman. sure thought it was going to be uh, more. Uh, Rash- Rashad Bateman. No, but the first receiver off the board? Uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, no, 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 sorry. The the first, like, sleeper receiver oh, okay. off the board. No, so, I mean, here's the thing with Baltimore. I mean, we'll talk about that now, too. Yeah. I think that Rashad Bateman was a good pick. But, I mean, if you got to think about it, that offense is so run and, like, run-heavy orientated. How big of a role do you really think that Rashad Bateman is going to fill? I mean, it, it depends because he's more of, like, a wide-out guy, I think. But I, he's he's bigger than Hollywood Brown, right? He, so, no, I feel like you have, a better, you have a better red zone target, which I think makes their red zone more dynamic. But I really want to see them go out and get, like, a slot guy. That's why I thought uh, Kadarius Tony would have been perfect for them. But I want to see them go get a, a slot receiver really bad. Uh, the <laughs> Ravens do a lot of short passes, though. A lot of, you know, short run plays, RPOs. And I think that a slot receiver would be really good for them to go and, and go get. See, but, and, and this is my problem. Like, I actually do really like Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. But like I said, like if you have such a run-heavy, orientated offense, that's, that, I wouldn't say strictly, but like that really generates like a lot of throws to the tight end. Like That's why Mark Andrews is good. That's why Nick Boyle, when he tore his ACL, was not a very big, well-known name. But he, they lost some tight end depth there as well, and they, start, and they struggled and they fell downhill just ever so slightly. But, and that's why I'm kind of confused. Why is Rashad Bateman like this very, this like very good wide receiver? Why is he going to that like run orientated offense? Ravens really like make an offense around like people who can block wide receivers who can block. That's why like Willie Sneed is still there. That's why like Des Bryant of all people yeah. was getting reps. Like, he was getting reps and got a couple of touchdowns. Do you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm confused about. Unless Rashad Bateman can block. I don't think this is going to be a good fit. I can't lie to you. Yeah, it's. I, I think it's a risky one, but I mean, I I feel like their main target was Kadarius Tony, right? Because yeah, he's so he's happy. really Debo Samuel. Props to Kadarius Tony. Man. Props I'm for the so Giants, happy. real quick. Yeah. The Giants have had a fantastic offseason. They really have. I mean, I thought they were going to take a corner to help out with um, Adore Jackson because he was more of a bust. They would get somebody who could maybe cover up his deficiencies because they gave him a good amount of money. But, I mean, listen, they take Kadarius Tony Last week, me and Will were both raving about him and how good of, like, a multidimensional player he is, how he's speedy but also tough while being undersized. Like, this man really kind of flew under the radar. And we, we both lamented to the fact that it's because of Kyle Pitts, really. You know what I mean? Like, it's Kyle Pitts was getting most of the attention. so Everyone Tony, was watching that Kyle Pitts tape. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So Tony didn't really get a lot of shine. So I And I think that the Giants were able to recognize that. And people at first were like, whoa, 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 that's a bit of a reach. But, I mean, I think that. I wouldn't I, say at all it's a reach. I, I, I really don't think, like, realistically speaking, like, in terms of a football standpoint, it's a reach. Because now you have somebody you can also kind of take handoffs on end around at least. Maybe not lining up out of the backfield, but just another guy to take the attention away from Saquon and mm-hmm. let him recover well and let him get his legs back under him rather than letting all the attention go to him. And you also have Golladin. Yeah, I, I love the Debo uh, Samuel comparison with him because they both really do the same thing. You know, I'm not saying that you know he will or will not be as good as Debo Samuel, but I mean they do the same thing, right? He's gonna take the jet sweeps out of the backfield. He's gonna be that like slot receiver, that good route runner, you know, short yard kind of guy. And I I feel like the Giants really need a guy like that. Yeah, I I love Debo Samuel too. He's he's one of like my low key favorite receivers in the league. Like Definitely he, he's awesome. I, I love the way he plays. I love the way that just he is in general. I really like him a lot. So I actually want to talk now 
about the Oakland Raiders. I'm sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. And them picking tackle Alex Ooh. Leatherwood <laughs> that, out of Alabama. That that was rough. Like I, it's it. I want to preface this and say, Alex, I think you're gonna be a good player because you come from Alabama and they do a great job of getting like good pro ready people ready for the league. Okay. But he wasn't projected. Until However, the second round. <laughs> exactly. That, that was like, insane. What I mean, Oakland. So I'm sorry again. Las Vegas. What are you doing? I mean, last year, what you took Damon Arnett. He was a corner who out of um Ohio who wasn't even projected to go until the third or fourth round, and you reach in the first round and take him. What's I, I really want to know. I'm not really trying to bash that much. I really want to just sit John Rudin down and just be like, please. Tell me what your mindset is. <laughs> I, I need to know. I mean, I, that's probably the riskiest pick of, of the <laughs> night, if I'm going to be real. Because you still had, I think Greg Newsom was still on the board. Derisaw? Yeah, Derisaw. Uh, I think Russo. Well, Russo didn't even go Gregory in the first Russo, round. Jalen Phillips the was still there? Yeah, Gregory Russo went to the Bills. Okay, so he was drafted. And Jalen Phillips went to the the, uh, the Dolphins the yes. pick after. Yes, <laughs> it, that, that is insane. Uh so real quick, I want to jump into who. We'll start off with the biggest losers because we talked about Vegas a little bit. Do you think that Vegas was the biggest loser of last night, or no. one of them? No, no. You want to know who I think the biggest loser? Was? I think I know who it is. Cause I think it's mine too. Cincinnati. Yep, Bengals. absolutely. Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? Listen, you know you have fucked up when you take a generational prospect at the wide receiver spot and you are getting bashed for it. <laughs> yeah. Ah oh, man. <laughs> we were, were sitting here. Shout out Tom Delory too, our really good friend. We were sitting uh, upstairs watching the draft, and I'm talking to our boy Delo, and he's just going like, they, "All right, so they're gonna go Penny Sewell," and I'm like, "Tom, it is the Bengals. I guarantee they go Jamar Chase." He's like, "There's no way." And then Jamar K- Chase gets taken. He's like, "Well, I really respect the fact that you predicted that the Bengals would re- make the wrong choice because yeah, they're oh the Bengals." God. Dude, it's I feel just, bad too because Jamar Chase is so talented, and that's the thing. Like he is so good. Like regardless of if he opted out of last season, he is a hell of a wide receiver, and I think he's going to be a hell of a wide receiver. And and we're still bashing it when Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase <laughs> have a historically great college season, and here we are still bashing the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, what is the theory here? Like, you either get some, like, what what was the line that you said? Like, you either protect him and get 10 years out of Burrow or make him happy. And, and get, get five years. get five years out of Burrow. <laughs> they, they are, <laughs> I mean, that's a, obviously like an exaggeration, I bet. Because I think Burrow's going to be good. I was wrong about him. I thought he was going to be a bust. But he's good. You know, Joe Burrow is going to be good, and, and he's going to be somebody who develops good chemistry. Well, he already has, and I'm sorry. But he's someone who continues his good chemistry with Jamar Chase. That, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I mean? Like, now, like, you're going to have to line up against the best or one of the best defenses in the league twice a year. It's Pittsburgh Steelers. You're going to have to line up against a very underrated defense, the Cleveland Brown, twice a year with Denzel Ward, who's one of the best corners in the league, mm-hmm. twice a year. Yeah. Do you know that? And then the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I won't sleep on the Ravens corner, either. The Baltimore yeah. Ravens, the second best corner in the league, yeah. Marlon Humphrey, twice a year. You're not going up against kids anymore. You're going up against men trying to pay their bills. Do you know what I mean? They're not yeah. going to take too – like this old Joe Brady, LSU experience, like Coach O. They're not – that means nothing in the NFL now. Yeah, I, I will give, you know, the credit that I guess they do have good chemistry and that's one of Joe Burrow's buddies. But, I mean, we're, we're in the big leagues now, right? Exactly. And I, you know what's funny? I wouldn't be mad at this pick if Joe Burrow didn't just tear his ACL and they pass on a generational left tackle in Penn I would still be mad, honestly. Well, I mean, all right. Look, if if they take Jamar Chase and they have a good offensive line, I you know I wouldn't be that upset with it because okay, yeah, maybe it's a little bit risky, but I mean you're taking a risk with Burrow. But wide receiver was not you know a, a need. glaring need. Yeah, they need they need a left tackle. <laughs> they need a protect desperately. They Joe desperately yeah. need a left tackle. Like, I, I it's so I don't understand. Me and you are sitting in the basement making a podcast right now. And we <laughs> knew, we knew that you had to protect your franchise. You had to get a generational left tackle. Of like and he was there. And he was right He's there, there in their laps. What the hell are you thinking, Bengals? That, that was this, insane. This is the reason why you're not taken seriously in the league. Because no one cared. 
Like, uh, Jamar Chase, like, we all expect him to be good. We all do. But, I mean, at the end of the day, the teams who have, like, some of the best offensive lines are, like, it's no secret, are the ones who are in the Final Fours, the ones who are in the Super Bowl, the ones who make the playoffs. It's so rare that you have a terrible offensive line and you make a serious playoff contention. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. now you're going to have to go next year. And I haven't evaluated next year's prospects. That'll be for next year. But it, who knows? Like, it, have you heard of anybody who's as good as Penny Sewell so far? I, I haven't heard anyone as good as Penny Sewell in the past. Pretty much every draft I've been around. People have been, ra- they've been raving about him since last year. Exactly. Talking about, oh, you know, he's, he's a little bit raw, but he, he's going to be amazing. Amazing. So, and they're saying he was the safest pick, and I don't know. I feel like the Bengals really passed up on that one. I, could, I couldn't believe it. And you know what? He fell right into Detroit's lap. Mm. And, and you know what? I might be wrong. I think now with this, if Panay Sewell pans out to everything, if he has – because he has Taylor Decker, too. Mm. Taylor Decker is one of the most underrated tackles in the league. It had right tackle, and then he has Panay Sewell now I left. If Panay's everything they make him out to be, Jared Goff has his blind side and his strong side protected. Yeah. And, I mean, if on Johnson, who's really good, I, I think, if he continues to develop, if DeAndre Swift develops, they have a solid running game. They have Frank Ragnar, the center, who's actually a pretty damn good center. They, they have some pretty damn good linemen. Yeah, I... This was definitely the correct pick from the Lions, right? Yeah. Because Jared Goff, he, you know, we gave Jared Goff crap when he first came into the league because he wasn't playing good. Right when he got a good off- offensive line, they went to the Super Bowl. And, you know, that's you know, a little bit of a knock at Jared Goff because, like, he does really need a good offensive line to, you know, so he, he's a pocket passer. Pocket yeah, passers need that. You know, the only one who maybe can get away with it is, like, okay, Tom Brady because he can read blitzes. And he's the GOAT. And, yeah, and he's the GOAT. But Jared Goff plays fantastic when he has time to sit back and read defenses. And, I you know, I think that's a, a step in the right direction. But I do think that there is another team that – that had a bad draft night. Let's hear it. And it's it's funny because they were the team that took the number one overall pick. And, you know, you're like, oh, how can they be a loser? They got Trevor Lawrence. I, I know where you're going with But taking the Clemson run, running back, oh, my God, what's his name? Travis Etienne. Etienne. What are you doing with that one? Exactly. And we all looked at that <laughs> during the draft, and we were like, what? Yeah. And, really? And, and this is another case of we know that somebody is going to be good. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I mean, like, ETME, I think, is actually going to be a pretty damn good running back in the league. You had James Robinson. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, James Robinson was a 1,000-yard rusher last season as an undrafted rookie. Why? I mean, I under- like I said, I understand putting your buddy with your buddy, with Trevor Lawrence, with Travis Etienne. I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like, if you have a decent enough offensive line, no problem. Like, ship him out to Jacksonville. They had other needs. I wouldn't have been mad if they got like a wide receiver. Like Marvin Jones is good, DJ Chark is good, but if you gave him like if you were to trade up a couple spots and trade and draft Tony, I would I would have been like hell yeah. Or if you just got like Bateman or or Moore or Marshall, if you got somebody, even if you reached slightly, I would understand. But and then maybe if you even took like an offensive lineman, then I would have understood. What was the? I don't. I agree. What was the logic? Do you know what I mean? It it was. It was bad logic. I mean, that. All right, so they draft Trevor Lawrence, right? Best pick, right? Very, very, very Um, good pick. He was the undisputed number one. But you you have James Robinson, and then, you know, you take another running back. And look, I I actually think Etienne is going to be a good running back. And it's not the fact that, you know, that I think he's going to be bad, why I think it's a bad pick. But I think it's a bad pick because, you know, we're seeing teams fill. A position that they don't really need to hey, be filled. Nobody, I, I don't nobody think needs to be filled. Here, nobody here was saying that the Jacksonville Jaguars are in dire need. Running back, back, first round, go get them. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I am one of I, I, a lot of people disagree, and I completely understand and I completely see their point of view. A lot of people do disagree with the whole notion of take the running back in the first round. And like I said, I understand it, but I'm always somebody who's like, I just I love running backs. Like I'm very biased. I will say. And I and I understand that I will never knock it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'll never knock it. This pick, I'm knocking. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like I'm one of the like I said, I'm one of the few that defends it. But I, I am knocking this pick. There was absolutely no reason for it whatsoever. I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, to a lesser degree, it could have been the same thing with Burrow. You could have protected somebody. And, and granted, there wasn't like 
a number one like generational like tackle like prospect or guard prospect because Vera Tucker was gone, Slater was gone, Sewell they were all gone. You could have gotten somebody to protect Trevor Lawrence, and and yes, there's day two and there's day three in the draft to do it. But first round talents are there for a reason, and they don't slip very often. Generational talent at Penny Sewell, and they let him go. And look, I'm I'm all for taking the best available player too. And actually, one of my biggest winners was a team that took the best available player. But, you know, you're if you're going to take the best available player, I, you don't take the best available player at a position that's already filled. Go take the best guard. Go take the best, you know, corner that's still on the board. You don't go take the best running back available yeah. when you have James Robinson. Yeah, like, we all know he's not, like, one of those top-tier elite, like, go in the can and give him the gold jacket. <laughs> it's his rookie year, and he had a good rookie year, and everyone is prone to sophomore slumps. But you know what? We all had confidence in him. We all, like, were sure, and we all were at least confident that, as of right now, running back is not an immediate need. You know what I mean? Like, we wouldn't have been mad if, like, say, the fifth, sixth, seventh, like, you get, like, a complimentary back. You know what I mean? Like, you get one of, like, Ramondre Stevenson, like the guy that I brought up last week because James Robinson's more of an all-around back and maybe you want to get, a, like, a pure power back or maybe you want to get a pure receiving back. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, get that. I agree. ETN-y, first round? In the first, I think the first round's a big thing, right? Because if etn falls to, like, the second round and you're like, okay, he's still here, like, now we take him. But in, in the first round, like, is, is he really... You want to take in the first round when Not you already have when you already have a, a workhorse of a running back who was asked to be a workhorse as an undrafted rookie and performed. So I performed I, very well. Yeah, I mean I I don't I don't respect the pick. Do you have any more big losers? Uh honestly, big losers. No. No, no, not, not really. So do you want do you want to jump into the the winners a little bit? Because so, yeah. I think there was a lot of big winners last night. So yeah, honestly, yeah, uh, I'll do the winners. And you know what? One that nobody's going to gloss over, and this is a very very controversial one. The one big winner, the Green Bay Packers. Really? Yes. Wow. The Green Bay Packers. That, you know that one's shocking. You know oh, I need to hear this. Like they didn't they didn't try to make Rodgers stay. They said, you know what? Okay, you want to go? We're gonna not gonna beg. We're not gonna plead with you. We're gonna improve our defense more because Kevin King was god awful last year and got exposed in the NFC Championship game. They took Georgia cornerback Eric Stokes, and you know what? I mean, I, I don't think he's gonna be this huge like guy that's gonna like blow up the league and tear it up. But I think he is a good, and I think he's gonna be a good NFL player. Do you know what I mean? They needed that complimentary next to Jair Alexander. Kevin King, aim it. Maybe he'll do better in the nickel if he's a third guy there in the depth chart and not has to do as much. I think Eric Stokes is a good pick, a hell of a pick, and being able to improve your defense because you're sure as hell going to get some high picks for Aaron Rodgers if you trade him. Next year, you'll be able to take like your guy. Or, or Jordan Love. I'm sorry, yeah, Jordan Love. I completely forgot about him. Jordan Love will step up. Do you, do you know what I'm trying to say there? I, I get what you're trying to say, and th- this is surprising because I actually I didn't think of the Packers as – you know, a winner or a loser. I thought they were just kind of meh. You know, you have a late first round pick. You know, a lot of the big wide receivers are, are gone. I guess Terrence Marshall was still there. But, I mean, I, I don't think that's a guy you throw to Aaron Rodgers. They're like, oh, go go perform. So, you know, they take a corner and they strengthen their defense. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, okay. But, I, you know, I, I guess that kind of makes sense in the sense that they're, they're not – they're not, they're not trying to please Aaron Rodgers, who just said, I don't want to be here. They're like, okay, well, we're improving our defense. So yeah, and, and you know that's, what? That's so, Maybe not what I would do, but yeah. I, I respect the confidence. Yeah, and you know what? Like, one thing that I actually do want to gloss over, because I, I've come to, like, a different mindset with of this over the last couple of weeks. Like, there's a lot of talk about how, you know, how Drew Brees always had an elite offense. But he never had a defense, okay? And you know what? That was like a big complaint of Drew Brees. He would always just be like, hey, man, like I, I can take care of this on offense. You're like, yeah, please just get me a defense. I can't do it all. The Green Bay Packers, nine out of the last ten years, I, I, um, I, with the exception of Jordan Love's first-round pick, took defense. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So like they did what they try, like what they could do, regardless of if he was good or bad. They Darnell Savage and Jair Alexander, two corner piece stones, like cornerstones of the secondary. I, I think we I mean? saw. I think we saw the stat last night that in the past nine drafts, nine of them have been 
defensive players and the one offensive player yeah. has been <laughs> Aaron Rodgers' replacement. replacement. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So that that's crazy. I do think that Aaron Rodgers has been disrespected a little bit by the Packers. Uh, you know, the fact that they really haven't given him a whole lot of help on offense, at least first round. Because you were saying the other day, right, the only first round touchdown he's thrown to is what, uh, Tavon Austin? He has two career completions. Oh, my God. I thought one was no. a touchdown. And no, huh? and, and his thing, I, <sighs> last week, I, I know I said that. Thank you for saying that. I really wasn't complaining about it. I was kind of just saying it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just throwing it out there so, like, that's a stat to be known. Yes. But Aaron Rodgers, like, he is somebody who can make other people around him better. I agree. He had, He's got a little bit of that Tom Brady effect. Yes, but and he had one of the best left tackles in the league and the best center in the league, Corey Lindsley, up until this year before he signed with the Chargers. He had a good offensive line, and he had good weapons. Like, Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I think, is a good receiver. You know what I mean? Mm. But, like, when given a good quarterback can look better than he is. I think that, like, he actually has some good people. Equinamius St. Brown, he came along as the year one, like, got later in the season. You know what I mean? Don't don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers didn't win an MVP with a bad team. Exactly. Like, he he had a good offense. That running game. That run game is crazy with Aaron Jones. So, he has weapons. I was just kind of hoping, you know, they... (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't really see the Packers as a winner, but that that's interesting that you do. do. I will say, though, I probably my biggest winner of the draft, and I'm not kidding, is Miami. I think, I think that they stole the draft, right? And not just from who they picked. It's what they've been doing. Okay, you have the third overall pick, and you go, you know what? Let me trade back to 12. And then you go, you know what? Let me trade up to 6. And everyone's saying, like, oh, you know, they're just trying to get more picks. Yeah, Yeah, what's going on? Miami gets more picks for next year, and they also have a couple more picks in this draft. And then they take Jalen Waddle to pair with Tua. And, you know, we always say, oh, the the, the buddy-buddy thing. But I do like that they gave... That's one that makes sense. That's one that makes sense, right? Yeah. Because you're you're not just... You're not getting a wild card. Like, we we know Jalen Waddle is going to be Jalen Waddle. We know who he is. We know he's a burner. You know, he's explosive. You know, he, you know that he can make the big plays. And, you know, that, that that's what the Miami that's offense valuable. needed. Yeah, Espe- yeah very especially, valuable. like, with somebody to it, like, who's so in his crucial, like, points of development. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. right now, I think it's a make-or-break year, like this year, for Tua. You know what I mean? Like, even if he sucks, like, I wouldn't say suck, but even yeah. if he doesn't live up to expectations this year and performs in the third year, they're not going to matter. Like, it's yeah. just not going to matter because I think Miami, honestly, will ship him off. It, yeah. like, if he doesn't really I, perform I'm saying right now, we we will know by Christmas, in my prediction, if two is for real. Yeah, we're no, we're going to know. Because he, he has a fantastic offense. Yeah, well, all right, maybe not fantastic. Maybe now fantastic. Who knows, actually? A fantastic defense is what I meant, though. Oh, my God. Like, that defense is great. Defense-oriented like, coach. Xavier Howard, who was potentially going to be, like, the best cornerback uh, in the league. I'm sorry, one of the – yeah. He, he, he led the league in uh, picks, in the right? Last he led year? the league yeah. in picks. And a lot of people were cramming for him to be defensive player of the year. Yeah. That, that being said, I just don't have them – or I don't just have them being the winner – because of Jalen Waddle, even though I think that's a good piece. At what were they? What was their other it was pick? The eight, it was the 18th pick. They 18th got defensive end Jalen Phillip. That that is what I was saying. Where you take the best available player. He was argued to be the best defensive player in this draft. Like maybe behind Micah Parsons. You know, you have a re, you have a quick edge rusher. You have a really good linebacker, mm-hmm. and he had the best pro day out of any defensive player. But by a landslide, he shot off the draft boards, and if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're sitting there at 18 and go, oh my God, he's still here? Yeah, what the hell? Bring him over. Bring, yeah. him, bring him to Miami yeah. and add this electric piece to their already amazing defense. I think Miami stole the draft last night. Yeah, they did a great job. So, in a really underrated aspect of that, he came out of Miami. Was his college not going far? Yeah, so he no, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> Forget far, he ain't going anywhere. That's true. So I think um, another winner of this draft, I'd say, I'm sorry to say it, like I'm not being a homer. It's the Patriots. I, that was my second yeah, one. That was my second winner. Like I mean, listen, a lot of people like to bash on Mac Jones, and you know what? I actually do understand it because I do have concerns, but. If you're somebody who's being coached by Nick Saban, who else do you want to go to if you're comfortable with Nick Saban than Bill Belichick? There's nowhere better. Yeah, the Patriots were my second winner too because not only did they get a guy who 
they've talked about has you know, the best mind in the draft can read his progressions the best has that quick twitch in his mind where he's able to process information quickly has an absolute cannon of an arm and they've said that he's the most pro ready projected to go number three you know for most of it exactly. could have gone number three and he falls all the way to you at 15 and you don't have to make a single move to get there he just falls right into your lap I mean that that has to be a win in my book. That's an A pick for me too. Do you um do you remember how like scared we were last night? When oh, we, we saw, were terrified. When we saw like oh trade 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 at like, fourteen when oh, we saw yeah. the trade. Oh my god, do you? We were terrified. That? We thought that was Washington coming up. <laughs> we, we were did. terrified. Oh my god, like we could not believe exactly like what we were seeing. Um, I will actually ask you a question because I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. Okay. So. Mac Jones, at one point, like when the whole draft process started, he was considered a reach if he was taken in the first round. Yeah. So that's one. That, that, like, that's one concern of mine. So are you concerned about that? And then another part of my question is, Alabama doesn't really have the best track record with quarterbacks. I mean, look, I mean, I understand we're all praising Mac Jones right now, but Greg McElroy... I mean, do you remember him, or do you even know his name? Like, do you remember him? I, I never watched him play, but I, I have actually seen that stat with the pass, or all of the quarterbacks, sorry, that have been drafted in the Nick Saban era at Alabama, and it's not good. Yeah, right? so they had The Greg, best one Greg is Mac Tua. Yeah, <laughs> and the, I was literally going to say, they have Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, and Tua. And, uh, and Jalen Hurts, I, I guess, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Jalen Hurts was there, except his last year at OU. Yeah. Does that concern you a little bit? It, all right, that that is the biggest. Ooh, sorry, <laughs> that is the biggest concern with me for Mac Jones. I mean, people were saying he might not even be a first rounder, and San Francisco, you know, comes up and says he's the number three pick. He isn't, and then he falls to you. So you know, that's a little concerning. But I don't think that there was a better quarterback available at all. I don't think Kyle Trask will be as good. I don't think Kellen Mond will be as good as Mac Jones is going to be. So yeah, that that really doesn't concern me as much. However, what does concern me is Alabama quarterbacks in the NFL because we have seen a bad, bad, bad track record, right? However, I do think that Mac Jones is a little bit different from quarterbacks in the past because the way that Mac Jones was able to process information, which was really underrated at Alabama, like, okay, you see the big highlights where he's throwing to a wide-open Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith is amazing first touchdown. It's like, all right, what do you do? You want him to not throw the wide-open pass? No. What's very underrated, what he did at Alabama, though, was when Devontae Smith was doubled and he had to process information. And I'm blanking on his name. I can't remember it. I know I'm going to remember it next year. He's probably going to get drafted. Number eight at Alabama was a really big read progression guy for uh, Mac Jones. Because you, you'll see plays where Mac Jones is like, okay, Waddle's not open, Smith isn't open, and he's processing all this information, and he slides in the pocket, and he throws a dot. So that's why he's, I think he's a little more different from previous Alabama quarterbacks. I think he's way better at processing information than e even Tua, you know. Uh -huh. So it's a little bit concerning, but I, I have faith that, you know, Bill isn't going to take a guy that he doesn't believe in, right? Yeah. Like he, no, would, he would not have taken Mac Jones if he didn't believe that Mac Jones can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. He wouldn't have. He would have traded back if, if he didn't, you know, believe. So here's a big question. Do you think that Mac Jones is going to step on that field week one as a starter? I don't know. That, uh, that, yeah. no, it's it's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to say no. I still think that Cam will be our starter for at least half the season, right? Absolutely. And then we'll know with Cam and, you know, we'll know with Mac. I will say, though, I would not put it past Bill Belichick or Mac Jones where if Mac Jones goes into training camp and he lights it up and he's obviously – like the Clear best quarterback yeah if, if he's obviously you know the best quarterback actually if you're watching this on youtube i'm gonna play a clip really quick you said that cam's our quarterback uh what exactly does that does that mean just what i said just that i mean if when you start practice he'll be the first guy back there that the, he's the starter how long does that last for i don't know Somebody would have to play better than he does. Okay, so you, you watch that clip, and that was pretty much Bill Belichick saying that, you know, Cam, Cam's, I said Cam's our quarterback, and the reporter goes, how, you know, who, is he going to be replaced? And, you know, someone's going to have to play better than Cam, is essentially what he said. You know what? Someone him. is going to have to play better than Cam, and I believe that word for word, 
not only that Cam is his quarterback, but if Mac goes and plays better than Cam, absolutely Mac will start uh, week one. Absolutely. Um, I honestly think that another winner too, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like they took uh, Joe T- Tryon with the number thirty-two overall pick, the last pick in the draft uh, in the first round. This man, he when he was playing in two thousand nineteen, because he opted out in two thousand twenty. Joe Tryon, if he played this year, I think he would have been up there with like some of the upper echelon defensive players of the draft. I mean, I think that like I saw a little bit of his tape and I watched a little bit of his highlights. I'm like, dude, this guy is explosive. This guy is physical and like coming off the line of scrimmage, he is fast. Not afraid to put his shoulder into you and make it hurt. You know what I mean? And yeah. that is the the Todd Bowles type of guy on the defensive side of the ball. And if he has t- and he has time now, he can sit behind uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul. He can sit behind Shaq Barry. He can sit behind Ndamukong Sue, Devin White. He was more of an edge guy, right? He, yeah, he, well, he, he was an edge rusher? Yeah, he, he can okay. play edge, and he can play a little bit of outside, too. And, and I, I think that, like, when That's Jason, big for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, when Jason Pierre-Paul does, like, decide to call it quits, I think that this guy, Tryon, I think that he is going to come on, and he is going to be a beast. And not only that, if you decide, if you don't even want to put him, like, sit him, if you decide to put him on the field, all of those established NFL veterans are going to be taking, like, most of the attention from the offensive line. So you just have Tryon, like, sending, being able to be sent free and get sacked and just attack the quarterback and does what he does best. If that's the case, oh, my God, like, the rich get richer. Yeah, I, I was extremely happy that they went defense. Because the one thing that I think really needed improvement from last year, like they have an explosive offense. Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady. That defense at the beginning of the year wasn't great. And then they seriously, I mean, amazingly picked it up, you know, later in the year and as they got to the playoffs. And they're building on that. And we saw that in the draft where you take a young guy who, you know, they can just slide right in if, if need be. Slide him right in, let him learn from the other guys. And you make this defense who is starting to figure things out get even better with a guy he's not there to replace anyone but he's there to become a part of that system and to just improve that defense overall absolutely so i actually i have one more question for you before we move on to talking a little bit more about the patriots yeah so washington football team they elected to go defense they took linebacker out of kentucky they took what was his name sorry jamin davis Mm. and we all know that the uh, washington football team they had like a very good defense. They had a, a, one of the best defensive lines in the league, an underrated linebacking core, and actually a pretty damn good secondary as well. They got William Jackson who added to that list too, and he was a very underrated corner. Drafted last year, right? No, who, uh, who, who did they draft? Drafted a few years ago. Okay, they drafted um, a corner last year that was really good. I don't remember his name. Yeah, I don't think Washington did. Really. I might be bugging. Who yeah, knows? no, and um, I, I'm drawing. We can just cut now. it. It's fine. No, 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 but um. I want to get your take on this too, Will, because do you think, because we know that the weakness of Washington was their offense. They did get Curtis QB. Samuel. They did get Curtis Samuel and they did get Fitzmagic, someone who could at least bring a little bit of stability and some potential upside to that position. Do you think that it was a loss for them to go offense or do you think it was just like a win for them to continually like build up on that already stacked defense? I honestly, I would say that's a win, right? Because who, who is Washington... You know, obviously we want to see them quarterback, but who who were they going to take, you know, with that 19th pick? You know, like oh, Kyle Trask, like Kellen Mond. You can wait for those guys in the second, maybe even the third round if, you know, you want to go that direction. So I wouldn't say that that's a loss. And look, I, they're building on a area that is already great, and they're not – you know they're they're not bringing it down at the same time, and that might be a little confusing. But I'll bring it back to the Jacksonville thing. You know, obviously Jacksonville, is, you could make the argument like, oh, they're just improving at a, a position group. It's like no, there's only one running back on the field. Yeah. Where if you're improving at defense, even though you already have a good defense, you draft a defensive player, you're improving the system. In my opinion, you're improving, you know, the, your depth where a guy is able to to come in and play with other linebackers because there's a lot of linebackers on the field. So I, I wouldn't say that's a loss at all. I think it was actually probably a good pick for them to go defense. I haven't, I didn't watch a lot of Kentucky football. So I, I, it's it's I not really big football I, I don't think in our, our everyday lives we go out of our way to watch Kentucky football. Yeah, <laughs> but I've, I've heard really good things about them. So I, I think it's a good pick, you know, overall. I wouldn't say that's a loss at all. I'd like to see them actually go quarterback, though, uh, today. Yeah. I would think... love to see them go Kellen Mond. I think Kellen Mond – 
could be good depending on where he goes. And I think that if, you know, watching tapes takes him, that would be one of the spots where I think he'll succeed. I think, yeah, I think he'll want, I mean, because Ron Rivera, I mean, he's no, like, Bill Belichick. He's no Sean Payton. He's no Mike Tomlin. But, like, Bill Bel, I'm Jesus Christ. Ron Rivera is, like, a good, very well-respected head coach in this league. And that man can bring success, like, relative success to anywhere he goes. And, and you know what? I think that whoever goes there, Kellamon, Kyle Trask, Davis Mills, I think that they're going to be comfortable. They're going to be able to develop because I think Fitzmagic is, can play at least one or two more years after this year. Maybe one more. But I think that he's, like, the perfect, like, guy to teach these people. And if, they, and if Washington doesn't take a quarterback, then honestly I'm a little confused as to where their direction is. Yeah, you know, they might be waiting for one in the draft, possibly next year. But, I mean, I'd love to see them go quarterback. I don't think they're all in on Taylor Heineke, even though he, he <laughs> played man, amazing. That man balled his ass off against him. He, he did. He really did. And I respect Ron Rivera as a coach. I'm going to trust whatever he does. You know, maybe he waits for a quarterback in the next round. Maybe he takes one late. But I'm going to trust his decision-making because he's proved that, you know, an injured Alex Smith can come in there and help be a playoff team. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so after we – going back to the Patriots, after we have seen Mac Jones being taken, like it's not something that we expected per se, but it's something that we are very glad that it happened because we now have a direction. So what do you think in the next two like the next two days that the Patriots really should do to improve this team? Do you think they should go today – I'd say I'll talk today specifically in day two like at the current time of recording. Do you, get, do you think they should go more defense to really just make sure – that Mac doesn't do have to do a lot of work, or do you think they should continue to stockpile on offensive weapons for Mac? See, off- offensive weapons, no. I could see them going defense because I don't really think we're going to get a guy in the second round who is, is going to be, like, super useful, right? I will say, the one exception, if Terrence Marshall is there at number 46, <laughs> absolutely go get Terrence Marshall because I'm really high on him. I think he's going to be good. I would love for them to actually improve offensive line, right? Because uh, yeah. Isaiah Wynn, still still a question mark, right? He was, he, honestly, though, yeah. he was one of the best tackles in football when he played. I, exactly, and I agree with that, but it's the injury things that's a problem I for me, you. right? So may, maybe you go offensive line, maybe you take you know a risk on someone there if like more of the bigger name wide receivers, per se, are gone. Um, I, don't, I could see them going defense, too. I don't really see them going offensive weapon if it's not like a big name, but, you know... <laughs> Classic Patriot draft. We have no idea what they're gonna do. If I were them, I would either go offensive line, or I could see them maybe going for safety, maybe because you, you know Devin McCourty's getting good. old. Who knows? Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah. That, the top safety in the draft didn't go in the first round, which is insane. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> uh, I think his name was Hagman. Yeah, Hagman's so, his right? last name. Yeah. Hagman's his last name, or, or something very, very similar to that. That's crazy to be like. I mean, I don't know if it was just thin or if teams were just kind of reaching and drafting for need. If the Patriots actually could snag him up, I wouldn't be upset about that at all. And you know what? Cool if you can, if you could pair him with either Mills, McCordy um, in his last year, with Kyle Duggar, who I believe might be up in the box a little bit, but you never know because Adrian Phillips did that too. And yeah. you can't really have two hybrid safeties in the box. That's a bit of an awkward defense. I think that if you get Hagman, let him maybe sit under a year under McCordy and then maybe cut ties with him, depending on if McCordy can still play or if he wants to play it, like retire and, or maybe go elsewhere. I think that maybe Hagman would be a very good pick in the uh, second round and or the third round, depending on if he slips even more. Yeah, I would love. I wouldn't really like to see them go, you know, more like a linebacker or defensive line because I feel like we're pretty set there overall especially with you know mm. high tower coming back I and the Patriots draft fantastically at secondary I will say I'm not JC Jackson's great I would love to see them go secondary but what would you do I'm not gonna lie though I I, I do like more uh, was Morig actually it was Morig not like whatever the hell I said <laughs> yeah Morig I think Tra- I knew exactly who Tra- you were talking something about Morig. Yeah. but I, I think that I don't think that Dante Hightower is really going to be the same this year. I think that like he's going to make like an impact, and you're going to notice that he's there, like it, like it, like compared to last year. But I don't think that Hightower is going to be like this all pro linebacker anymore. I, I think like after a year off, and he was kind of already like 
kind of being old, uh, kind of being old, but kind of like <laughs> towards, I wouldn't say the back nine, but you know what I'm trying to say. I think you need to get a linebacker and I think you need to get like a protege. See, I agree with you there. I don't, th- I don't think that Dante Hightower needs to go out and be, you know, a pro bowler for this defense to be successful. Cause you know, we have Kyle Van Noy, Judon. you have yeah, Judon Bentley, you still have like Chase Winovich, who I guess plays yeah. a little bit more of D line edge rusher. Uche and Anthony Jennings exactly. So that, that's why I'm saying like our linebacker depth is pretty good. So even if Hightower, you know, isn't the I think Dante Hightower is still good enough to be good, right? You know, maybe he won't yeah. be a Pro Bowler and, and all that's that what stuff. I'm saying. I think he'll be solid yeah. still. You know, what I mean, I still think. He'll and be I think solid. that's fine for this defense. You know, so I, I, you know, I wouldn't love to see them go linebacker if they see a guy they like. You know. I, I'd respect it. I really think we should go secondary. I would love for us to go offensive line, maybe like a guard, because we did just lose Joe Tooney. So I, I would love to. Tooney. I would but love I think, to see uh, that. I think Wendell can fill in that gap. And honestly, I think he can too. Illuminor, like a lot of uh, Jermaine Illuminor. A lot of people don't know who that, that that is. Like the common like non-Patriot fan really won't know. He was good last year. I, I don't know if you really watched a lot of him. That guy held his own against some of the best defensive linemen in the league. And you know what? Like he didn't. He wasn't Joe Thomas, or he, yeah. you know what I mean? He wasn't, Pat's had a great offensive line yeah, last year. He wasn't Jonathan Ogden, but, yeah. <laughs> but, like, he was good. You know what I mean? He held his own. He was solid. I honestly think, like, for depth purposes, maybe if you want to just get rid of, like, Karras. I know we just signed him, but he sucks, okay? <laughs> he sucks. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind actually taking, like, a depth lineman who can maybe replace like somebody in the future as long I as honestly, Newhouse isn't on my offensive line yeah. I don't care Marshall Newhouse <laughs> you're mm, don't ban from New England see you know no ban from America <laughs> out <laughs> I hate Marshall Newhouse that, that, oh, mm, there's a reason that man is on so many goddamn teams and everyone's like oh build the genius no, no not nope. even Bill Belichick could fix Marshall Newhouse okay and that's saying something all right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Conti and Nick. Uh, thank you all for listening, watching, whether you're on Spotify, any other platforms we have because of Anchor, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, thank you guys for watching, staying with us for this long. Uh, make sure to follow you know, all of our social media. We got a Twitter now, huh, Gino? Yeah, for those of you who don't know me that well, <laughs> I've made a uh, sacred vow to never get Twitter because I think it is one of the most pointless apps of all time. So I will be running it. And and Will Nicholson goes ahead and makes a goddamn Twitter. (laughs) And you know what? I'm usually a man of my word and I try to be, but Will Nicholson just said, nope, screw that, (laughs) Conti. You know what? And big shout out to John, bro. Always. (laughs) Thank you guys for watching. Peace.